Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of HR Works COVID-19 Update. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us. I'm the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. The pandemic pushed so many workers home at the same time that it introduced countless new sources of stress and anxiety. Keeping employees happy or at least not burnt out has never been more important as it is now, especially as so many employees work in isolation from their coworkers and maybe even from everyone. How far can remote efforts really go to improve morale? That's the question. And can any one approach or combination of approaches offset what is lost with, say, in-person camaraderie and connection? In this episode, we are pleased to have with us Vicky Salemi. Vicky is a career expert, author, speaker, consultant, and former corporate recruiter from New York City. Thank you, Vicky, so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jim. Absolutely. My pleasure. Um, a recent survey said that more than one-third of Americans uh, without small children say they miss office camaraderie. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. You know, it's something that I think we perhaps all took for granted before the pandemic was the office camaraderie, the water cooler Mm. chat, the brainstorming meetings, being in person among your colleagues. They're your work family. So I think it's especially challenging for people without children who maybe live alone or feeling isolated um, now more than ever. And they're craving that connection with people just in real time. Even if you didn't necessarily talk to your colleagues the entire day, you just knew that they were sitting near you. It's it's that sense of um, connection to people in real time. Yeah, absolutely. I I have small kids and I still miss miss it. It took me a little while, but um, it was also bizarre because it just sort of seemed like maybe we'd be going back sometime soon in the beginning there in particular. And this whole pandemic situation has really kind of strung us along. So that's another interesting feature is you didn't realize what was lost because you thought it was going to be coming back and then it didn't. Yeah. And what was seen, what seemed very temporary in the beginning is now the new normal. And even when you look at job interviews, they're all done over video now, and that's going to be here for a while. So I think we have adjusted and acclimated to this saying, okay, if, you know, especially when people were working from home, I got a lot of questions, Jim, like, well, what do I do about my home office? It's just a corner of my dining room table. <laughs> and my answer was always, okay, we'll make a dedicated space because this could be for the long haul right now. Um, you want to have like an actual office space in your home dedicated to work rather than maybe in the past, if you work from home, maybe you were waiting for, I don't know, the cable person to fix your cable and you worked from home maybe a few hours one day in a blue moon, but whereas now it's the norm. Right. Absolutely. Um, That same survey said that single people living alone are feeling isolated and disconnected, uh, which is perhaps unsurprising. Uh, Are you able to elaborate a little bit on, on that before we get into the meat of this? Yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry. I think I misunderstood your first question because that's what I was in my head. I was addressing with your first question um, when the one with small children, I was thinking the single people. Yeah. But I think it's just overall, just people feeling um, particularly more isolated if they're, if they've, lived alone and worked alone, let's say from home for a while now, it can be, you know, these, we can't overlook the mental health challenges this poses in terms of increased isolation, depression, stress, anxiety. I think everyone has their own challenges during this time. So the question is like, how do we get through them? How do we cope? How do we manage them better um, during this pause with life and work where we're adjusting and we're really quite resilient, but it's a matter of, okay, let's, um, 
you know, find ways to connect as best we can, given the circumstances. Yeah. And it seemed, you know, very early on when, when people got sent home, uh, most people, I should say, um, you know, the instinct was just to jump on Zoom calls. There was this flurry of, of video conferencing, uh, social meetups and, and meetings. And um, I think it was fun at first. And then everybody realized that, one, this is not really the same. And, and it became difficult somehow. You know, people talk about Zoom fatigue. It's a real thing. Uh, and since then, that was kind of the... <laughs> That was kind of what was supposed to save us, you know, and then people got exhausted with it. What are you seeing in regards to how people have adjusted since that time? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Zoom fatigue because it's real. And I think we've hit, um, especially going through the holidays, the first season, people were you know, navigating office holiday parties online and, and just adjusting. But I think now we've, I, I would like to think that we've hit a new st- I want to say stride because it's uh, maybe it's a new, you know, we've maybe overcome a new hurdle in terms of it's the new year and the pandemic is still here. Yes. Hopefully things will improve as more people get vaccinated and the world starts to slowly open up again. But I think overall people have reached that fatigue where they're not necessarily going to um, work virtual happy hours or meetups or, any type of get together and they they might just be all fatigued out. And I think, you know, for the new year, we can put some new energy into that in terms of, okay, well, what do we need to do to stay engaged, stay focused and just really take it to the next level. And that could be a variety of things in terms of, um, and maybe it's figuring out how to conduct your meetings more effectively on zoom or, um, do recaps or certain ways, you know, I do career coaching as well. One of my clients yesterday is acing his video job interviews because now it's like he's it's he's so used to it. And he joked that, you know, when the world resumes, I mean, he'll, he's getting an offer. But um, next time he interviews for a job down the road and it's going to be in an office again, he's like, I'll need to adjust back to that because he's so used to doing the video job interviews right now. So I think it's just the Zoom fatigue has... I think for many people, they reached that. And then now it's like, okay, this is no longer a novelty. It's no longer the fatigue. It's how do we, how do we have um, a new year 2.0 basically, and just crank it up to the next level. Yeah. And that's, you know, I know that there's not really a single solution um, that's going to work for all organizations. Um, But, you know, that's the question. What do we do now? How do we keep employees engaged, how to keep morale up, or at least not in the negative, you know, especially if, if that main tool, the, the zoom call can really only be used lightly. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Great question, Jim. Um, I want to preface this by saying this also applies to employers who are managing assimilating new hires because as companies are hiring and they are onboarding their employees and normally you would introduce the employee, take them on a tour, introduce them to their colleagues in the office, show them where they're going to be sitting, um, have the tech set up. Everything is now done online and distant obviously. So I think it's important for companies to keep what I'm going to say in mind, in addition to how they're going to bring on the new hires and have them assimilate into their culture, as well as the 
actual work that they'll be doing to be engaged and part of the team. So there are a couple of things companies can do. And I'm glad you mentioned it's not a one size fits all approach. I think several things um, to keep in mind is if your company had a lunch and learn, let's say something that was educational for employees during lunchtime in the past, or maybe if you didn't, this could be an opportunity to introduce that during the day. Maybe it's programming once or twice a month. It could be a speaker or an activity, and maybe it could be related to something like how to manage your stress. Let's do an online meditation class for 30 minutes, or here are ways to manage your anxiety and have wellness experts or nutritionists come in and talk about how to eat better when you're at home. Um, and the refrigerator is within reach or, you know, how to manage depression or feelings of isolation. So I think that programming can be built in and have a speaker on zoom. And, you know, there can be things that we can take away from this pandemic when we eventually look in the rearview mirror. And this could be one of them thinking, well, maybe in the past, Jim, if, the lunch and learn was in the office. And let's say you were in the office that day, but you had meetings and you couldn't attend, you might've missed it. But maybe now companies will think, okay, we'll have a lunch and learn back in the office when the offices open back up and we will you know, put on video and then put it on our intranet site. So I think there are ways now that we could think for the here and now, but then also long-term, how can we leverage this? Maybe the remote employees can have access to the lunch and learns where previously it was only in the actual office. So that's one thing is having speakers or activities that are ongoing to provide educational in terms of wellness. Maybe it's also like financial fitness or, you know, Project Time Off always issues reports every year saying, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but like billions of dollars are left on the table because employees do not tap into their unused PTO and they leave personal time on the table and they don't tap into it. So maybe it's like a travel agent talking about here are ways to plan five ways to plan a cost-effective staycation this year. And yes, you should take your PTO. Um, and another activity is, you know, wellness challenges, like really fun programs, maybe in the new year right now, people are thinking about, okay, weight loss, let's have a group comp friendly competition where people weigh in once a week, or maybe it's an online com competition to see who gets the most steps in. So these things aren't necessarily related directly to their job, but it can help them in their life and then also translate into the work relationships and build camaraderie. And another one is, you know, you can do an online team trivia, like a Jeopardy format related to your actual department. And another one I like is um, in an online escape room challenger, like it's called perusal and it builds camaraderie and tests hard and soft skills of employees that can allow for competition also between departments. So this one is good because it builds camaraderie and it also can tap into skill sets of employees and leveraging them to build upon. So employers can view these things as related to the work in terms of let's build camaraderie, let's build connection, let's build engagement to each other and also back to the work. Yeah, those are all really good suggestions. Um, one of the things that's happening is that the people that are getting uh, particularly stressed out are the people that have to fit a full work day somehow into their, into their, uh, well, into their lives and where, whether they have kids, maybe they're taking care of a, an aging parent or, you know, someone with a disability a lot of these people have had to truncate the amount of time they can spend on work uh, down to absolute critical tasks. You know, I do it two hours before my kid wakes up. I do it when my kid's asleep or when they're in their class. 
And I think it's making a real time crunch, which is stressful on top of all the other reasons that that's stressful. And they're the, probably the people that would need these kinds of things the most, but they don't have time for them, at least not without some consideration. Have you uh, tackled that problem at all? That's a great question, Jim. I think I have seen this happen in terms of the employees are just beyond, they were stretched beyond belief. And in the past, you know, many people would often complain about their commutes, but the reality is that there's some distance. If you were going from your home to your office, you had that time, whether it was on a train or a bus or in your car to listen to a podcast or to take time for yourself or think about your own to-do list, what you needed to get done. And now we're stretched to the limit more than ever. And we're juggling multiple hats and it's all jumbled in, there's, there's no, um, hard stop or start to our, where our work and our lives begin and end and with caring for other people as well. Um, so it can be critical in terms of the, I don't want to say the irony because that almost makes it, it pokes, not to say pokes fun, but makes it too light instead. Of, like the people that may need these programs most are the ones that have access to them, but just don't, um, aren't able to really tap into them. So I think if they're recorded, that could be one way. Um, but I think it's just carving time on your calendar. Like it's a meeting and scheduling it on your calendar like this. I I'm going to attend my, you know, we didn't talk about book clubs, but book clubs is another thing. Maybe there's a weekly book club meeting or something within your department. And if it doesn't exist, ask your boss, maybe this is a good thing for you to spearhead. Um, if, if you want to, participate in something that doesn't currently exist, but just to also take a mental break from everything that's so heavy right now on your plate. Yeah, that's, that's a good answer. I don't know if you have had any experience working with, you know, um, either clients or um, colleagues that have essential employees. It's a completely different situation. You know, um, it's one that's difficult to access and talk about, but it's one that's just as stressful in different ways, if not more, than those of us that have come home. Um, any thoughts on that? Well, I haven't right now been working with um, consulting clients who have the essential workers, but I think it's just really important as the employer side to really show them that you care and that either these programs exist or that you you recognize how hard they're working and they may need to go home and quarantine from their family um, and then go back to work and they they're essential and gratitude should be immense for these workers and also hopefully you know just also remember that th this is not going to last forever. It may feel like forever, but hopefully um, in due time, as time marches on, let's say a year from now, Jim and I will we'll be, we'll be having a different conversation. I look forward to that very much. Um, what's, uh, you know, last year obviously provided us with a lot of fresh challenges. Um, I think some of them maybe didn't become clear until most of the year had gone by. What do you think will be the new challenges for this year? Mm, let me think about that. I think everything is so new and because we, it's so unprecedented, right? Like we haven't experienced this before. So I think the new challenges will be, are you talking from the employer perspective? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, is as offices begin opening up, it's how do we, 
assimilate? How do we adjust from being productive, as productive as we can and engaged in as we can and building morale as best we can back into the office when you might have workers who want to stay at home because they've been able to work remotely and managing that those expectations and managing a hybrid um, workforce that perhaps the employees are going to it's for certain companies and certain industries, of course, based on the job itself, what needs to be done. Maybe they'll be open to workers remaining at home while others who are craving that office interaction come back into the office and maintaining protocols in terms of social distancing and perhaps limited business travel, limited meetings in person, as well as with clients. So I think it's going to be the safety protocols and also with the vaccinations in terms of who is getting vaccinated, who is not, you know, if you're a business that let's say works with the elderly, are you going to require your employees all to get vaccinated and show proof of vaccination? So I think this is such a shade of gray that we're entering entering into. So I think one of the new challenges well, um, will be how do we navigate returning in a very safe and cautious and judicious way while still being productive, engaged? And I think the employees as well as employers know that we're in this together. Like this is unprecedented. We're on the same team here thinking, how can we all do this safely and get back to, I say business as usual with air quotes, because we don't even know what usual is anymore, but to the best that we can to perform at our highest ability, engaging with work that excites us and motivates us with really productive results with and among colleagues that you respect and most importantly, care about. Are there any resources out there that you or or people you know are relying on to keep abreast of new sort of employee engagement, morale, communication trends, new new ideas? Not off the top of my head, although I do recommend SHRM, Society of Human Resources Management.org, and they have a lot of breaking news and developments in terms of tapping into what's going on so people can really stay not only on top of it, but ahead of it, because each culture, as you know, is so different within each organization itself. So I think it's important for each manager within their line of business to really think, okay, what will work for us? Who are the people on our team? What's the nature of our business? Because with some companies, I know, or some jobs, people even said, you know, if I, before the pandemic, if I don't work on weekends, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job because they always felt like they needed to be attached to work. And now it's like, how do people How can people have a sense of job security without working 24-7, which of course leads to burnout? So I think there's, I don't want to say there's a fine line, but just really for employers to um, just have a grasp on this is unprecedented and we're navigating this, you know, being, I think the key thing is being aligned with your HR departments to know also to how, how to set policies and procedures and how to communicate them with transparency to employees. Also, listeners, feel free to use any of our own resources <laughs> uh, on these on these matters. Um, uh, Sherm, Sherm is a, a nice companion to our organization. Um, any what are we missing? What's uh, any final thoughts before before we go? Well, I think employee engagement and morale and camaraderie and connection are important and 
at the end of the day, we can, we can do as much as we can. And I think it's important also to, um, not overlook phone calls because people may have zoom fatigue and they may not want to be on camera all the time, but there's nothing that can even replace a conversation with your boss or even a former boss. So not necessarily within your group, but you can reach out to former colleagues at other companies, see what they're doing, see how they're navigating. And just also just to check in with them as a person, how are they doing overall? Great. Well, thank you again so much, Vicki, for joining us today. Thank you again, Jim. This was fun. Absolutely. Listeners, please check back next week for the next episode of HR Works COVID-19 Update. You can always follow us on Twitter at HR Works Podcast. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.